Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. How's everybody doing? I feel like it's been a while since I've been here. Uh, love being able just to get the opportunity to talk to you guys. So, uh... My wife and I just found out last week that we will be having a baby, so, uh, so it's very, very exciting news in the Green household, and um, we just got married about four months ago, and, and luckily I get to kind of talk to you about that, and so I know some of you long-term married couples are going to be like, what is this guy? He's four months into this thing. He doesn't know much yet, but... Um, I really do believe that, that God uh, has really spoken something that I really do believe he wants to, to speak to every single one of us. Whether you're married or whether you're single, um, I really do believe that God has something for us this morning. Uh, you know, I really do believe he wants to help us become people of our word. Uh, I really do believe this morning he wants to help marriages strengthen um, to really just be the example um, within our world of of who Christ is and how much he loves us. Um, last week, Buddy talked about dating. And so uh, if you missed that message, you know, I definitely would encourage you to check that out. We have it on podcasts on the website. Um, it was really, really powerful. Um, but like I said, we're going to talk about vows this morning. And um, you know, I just believe God really wants to do something. So let's just be open uh, to his leading this morning. Let's be open to his spirit. Um, just really humble, our, humble ourselves in this moment. Uh, to allow God just to perfect us. So let's pray before we start. Father, thank you so much, God, for just bringing us all together, Lord, for just bringing us uh, to just hear from you, to grow in you, God, to be transformed and renewed by your word, God. Uh, I believe that that you have something so special that you want to do uh, here this morning, God. So I just pray that we will just be so open to you, so open uh, to what it is that you want to speak to us about, what it is you want to perfect in us, God. God, for we are just yours this morning, and I pray against any distraction, God, that we will just encounter you in these moments that we have together, so that we will leave here completely transformed, having really met you, God. For we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like I said, uh, we're going to talk about vows, and you know, I'm sure many of you hear the word vows, and you immediately think the marriage vows, you know, and we are in a series on relationships, and so of course... I'm going to spend time talking about that, but, but I can't talk about the vows within marriage without first uh, kind of giving us a biblical look at what vows really are. Um, biblically speaking, vows are voluntary promises, which when made were to be kept if the thing vowed was right. So we can kind of look at vows this morning as uh, within our own lives as commitments, uh, uh, promises we make, oaths that we take. Um, and so... Uh, we can really see that these things are prevalent in our society. I mean, people are constantly making promises. We're constantly having to make oaths and, and pledges. Um, but there are three types of vows that I really want to look at this morning, and that is the vows we make to others, the vows we make to God, and the vows we make in marriage. Um, we're going to start with the scripture this morning, and, and it's really going to set us up. And it's Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Read with me. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, 
nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now these are the words that Jesus is, he's speaking to the masses, and, and he's speaking to a culture that very much like ours was, was prone and, and prevalent to making vows and making promises and, and, and making uh, these oaths that so, many, so much of the time they wouldn't keep. You know, so, so Jesus is addressing um, them here and saying, look, I know what you've heard of old. And, and if we go to the scripture, we'll see vows constantly uh, being made. You know, uh, there are tons of instances where, uh, you know, in Leviticus and Numbers, it references vow offerings. Um, King David himself in his Psalms talks about making these vows to God. Uh, you know, even in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, we see the story of Hannah and making a vow to God for a son. So there are plenty of these instances of vows, but here as Jesus is addressing them and saying, look, you, you've heard of old, you should not swear falsely and, and, and perform uh, and, and, and make, these, make these oaths, you need to follow through with them. But what he's saying in this scripture now is he's offering a different type of thinking. He says, you know what, uh, again, you've heard of these things of old, but, but go down to that last line. I say, just say, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. You know, Jesus is telling us that our word should be enough. That when we say yes, or when we say no, we should mean it. You know, our yeses and our noes should be black and white. They shouldn't have some hidden footnotes like, yeah, I will help you move, unless it's a nice day. You know, or, or, yeah, you can confide in me. I won't tell anyone what you're going through unless they ask. You know, it, you know, are really, like, now we've just really become, like, in, in many ways that, you know, no better than these cable or phone companies. You know, my wife and I just bought a house a couple of months ago. And so in the mail, we kept getting uh, all of these things from all these different companies like Comcast and, and Verizon. Like, oh, sign up and get your, your cable and your internet through us. And it's this great deal, $79.99 a month. We'll even throw in a gift card. And I'm like, oh, this is sounding pretty good. And, but then what they don't tell you is, okay, that's just the little base. Then, oh, you want a box? That, that's an extra. The remote? That's going to cost extra. The installation? That's going to cost extra. Oh, you got a red door? That's going to cost extra. Oh, you want us to install it and it's below 70 degrees outside? Oh, that's going to cost you some more too. It, it, it's kind of ridiculous. I'm like, just tell me what the regular price is going to be. Don't hide all this stuff. Just be up front with me. But you know, sometimes I'm beginning to wonder if... Our word is kind of like these companies. You know, do we have uh, these extra footnotes, these, these hidden fees? You know, we find ourselves making vows to others with requirements. You know, our yes is not yes, and our no is not no. It, it's almost like sometimes we say it's yes unless. You know, uh, it's yes if I feel like it when the time comes. Or, or no, uh, unless I really just change my mind last minute because it's going to benefit me. You know, our vows and our word are carrying less and less weight as we adopt the mentality of the world. You know, it seems like it's, it, it's this pandemic that only seems to increase with each passing generation. You know, the world is teaching us that our word can change like the weather. And that 
When we agree to do something or to not do something, we should only have to follow through on it if it benefits us. You know, believers, this is one of the reasons why I feel like the world scoffs at us because sometimes we can be just as fickle. You know, we claim we believe the things that are in the Bible, but our lives don't reflect it. You know, we vow to help others, but we only end up helping ourselves sometimes. You know, it, we as believers uh, don't keep our word to others sometimes. You know, it, and when we don't keep our word as believers, people begin to, to associate that with God so that when we break our promise, we believe that God's going to break his word. You, you know, that's really what we start to speak you know, I've talked to so many people that have this skewed understanding of God because believers have burned them. You know, believers ha have broken their, their word to them, and so they start to, to view God as this guy that's going to do the same thing. You know, take fathers, for instance. I've talked to so many people whose earthly fathers broke their child's trust time after time. So that then when they would hear about God, they couldn't trust God because their earthly father let them down. And so they were taking those things that their earthly father did and placing them on their heavenly father. You know, but God can't lie. He, he keeps his word and, and he never fails us. And we as believers need to recognize the importance of keeping our word as well. You know, trust me, I'm talking to myself here. As I was preparing this message, I was convicted numerous times. So we all can be prone to do this, you know, but we have to evaluate. We have to, to really look at these promises and commitments and vows and really look at them on a daily basis and understand how important they are. You know, let me share a story. Uh, uh, me and my wife were dating and she's a makeup artist and, and so she does a lot of weddings and she does a lot of events and so she runs her own business and, and she had this big event coming up where she was going to need business cards, she was going to need a display table, she was going to need uh, this big feature to be able to, to connect with people and, and to really uh, get the word out about what she was doing. And so you know what, I was like, you know, I do graphics at, at, for work, let me come and let me take care of the business cards, I'll redesign them, you know, and you know what, you need a table, I'll take care of the table, you know, I've got a card table, i got all these things. And so I make this promise. And when I made that promise, she then takes me at, at my word. So with each passing week, uh, she's like, hey, are you doing that? I'm like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Right before the event, guess what? I hadn't done it. What do you think that spoke to her? Do you think her trust was, was kind of ruined a little bit? Do you think my word kind of carried less weight? Yeah. You know, it might sound small, but my wife depended on me. She took me at my word and I let her down. And you see, it, it took her a while to feel like within that specific area, she could trust me again. You know, because she no longer felt like she could take me at my word that I would get something done. You know, it, and when we let someone down, it slowly starts to chip away at our word to where our word carries less and less weight. You know, our word is now questionable. Let's look at the book of James chapter 5. It confirms Jesus' words again when, when he's preaching to the masses. It says, but above all my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. 
You see, when we aren't men and women of our word, we are in essence lying. We are in essence undependable and in many ways hypocrites. You know, we open ourselves up to judgment and not just from others, but from God. You know, I'm really trying to emphasize this point here because as we get to the marriage vows, we have to understand the importance of our word in the everyday situations of life to understand that there is weight to everything that comes out of our mouth. You know, let's look at that next type of vow. Let's look at the vows we make in marriage or the wedding vows. You know, it was a little over four months when I made mine. You know, some of you a little longer, some of you a lot longer. You know, some of you haven't even said them yet, but you will. In one day, they might sound like this. I take you to be my wife or husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish from this day forward until death do us part. Now understand that there are many variations of this. You know, my wife and I wrote our own vows and when we were scouring the internet, there was thousands upon thousands of these different types of vows. But if we're just taking this very basic one that I just read as our example, let's just pick it apart a little bit. You see, when you make the vow to the man or woman that you are about to marry, you are making a commitment, a lifelong oath that you will fulfill your role as that person's spouse until death do you part. The example vow is basic in wording, but the initial part of it says to take your spouse and say, I take this man or woman as my husband or wife. Now in that sentence alone, you are pledging to fulfill the role of everything that that entails. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about the husband and wife relationship for a minute. And so we're gonna read Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33, and it's a little lengthy, so just bear with me, but it's so important, so I just want us to get it all. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now I go to Ephesians when discussing the vow that you make as husbands and wives to your spouses because within these verses is the whole point of the vows. You see, marriage was created to be the example of Christ's relationship to his church. 
Marriage between a man and a woman. The original God-ordained marriage was to glorify God and to be a shining example of his devoted love to his church. Husbands, when you took your spouse as your wife and you made your covenant vow to her, whether you knew it or not, you were making a vow to love her and to cherish her the way that Christ does his church. Wives, whether you knew it or not, when you took your spouse as your husband, you were making a vow to love and submit to your husband as you would to God. And whether you knew it or not, when you both got married, you weren't just making a vow to your spouse. You were making a vow to God. You see, I can't talk about the marriage vows to our spouses without talking about the vows we make to God because the two go hand in hand. With that example I read a little bit ago of the typical marriage vow, it, what it didn't demonstrate was the fact that when we speak those words to our spouses, when we are not only pledging them to the person that we are marrying, we are pledging them to God. You see, when I married my wife, I wasn't just promising to love her for all of my life to cherish her, to provide for her, to be faithful and true, to honor, serve, and care for her. I was also promising that to God. I was, prom I was vowing to him that I would be the husband that he desired me to be. I was vowing to him that I would treat my bride the way that he treats his bride, the church. You see, when my wife took her vows, she wasn't just promising to love and honor me, to respect and follow me as God leads me, she was also making a vow to God to love me the way that he desires us to love him. You see, just as I stated earlier, when we don't keep our word as Christ followers in the everyday things, we paint a picture to the world that God is just as untrustworthy. Now magnify that even greater when husbands and wives don't keep their vows. What message does that send to the world? You know, especially when Christ says the marriage relationship between a man and a woman is to be the example to the world of his love for his church, his bride. I mean, think about it. A divorce rampant society should be able to look at marriage within the body of Christ and say, I want that. There's something different there. there there's sincerity. There's true love and commitment. But instead, they look at the church and they see a divorce rate that is just as high as the one in the world. They see unfaithfulness. They see broken promises. They see abuse. They see us handle conflict and difficult times in marriage the same way that they do. That is not the picture of Jesus Christ and his love for the church. You see, just as broken vows have destroyed homes and destroyed families and destroyed marriages, broken vows have wreaked havoc on God's church. Look, I know this is heavy stuff. We have to understand the importance of keeping our word and keeping our vows. Our words carry weight. They run so much deeper. Our vows run so much deeper than just something we have to say in order to be declared husband and wife. You see, they are words of promise and commitment. They are words that are submitted unto God and your spouse that don't expire until the day you die. You know, other than the commitment you make to God to follow him, the marriage vows are the most important ones that you will make in your life. Now, I also understand that there are many of you here that are holding steadfast to your vows. 
You know, you are committing, you are surrendered to God and honoring him through your marriage and the way you love your spouse. But I know that there are others in this room this morning that God wants to help. He wants to open their eyes in walking uh, out his purposes for your marriage. I believe that. You know, right now, I also want to address something before we go any further. I know that there are many marriages in this church that have been attacked constantly by the enemy. And you see, he wants to attack marriages because it is something that is so holy. The enemy hates faithful, strong, successful marriages because they glorify God. They paint the truest example of his love for his church. So that's why the enemy wants to wreak havoc. He wants to create so much chaos in our marriages because they glorify God so mightily. You know, I believe there have been many broken vows within this congregation. You know, a lot of shattered hearts, but I want to tell you guys before we go any further that it is never too late to renew your vows to each other and to God. That it's never too late to let God breathe on your marriage and have a new beginning. Because his word says his new mercies are new every single morning. And he is a God that restores, that makes new, and that it is never too late to repent of what's been broken and recommit to following through with your vows. And let God breathe upon your marriage and create a new beginning. So as we continue, keep that at the forefront of your minds. Know that there is hope, there is promise. And so as we continue to, to finish this message out, please just keep that in the forefront of your thoughts. All right, so, so think back to what I was talking about earlier with the promises that we make to others. And how sometimes we are prone to only keep promises and commitments that are beneficial to us. You know, if we're being real, some of us have taken that mentality and brought it into our marriages. You know, I will treat my wife with care unless. You know, I will respect my husband unless. But if you look at that most common marriage vow, it says in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, in good times and in bad times. It's a vow of no matter Husbands, maybe you need to recall those vows. You know, maybe you need to say, no matter what, my wife, I'm going to love and care for and cherish you because that's my vow. You know, some days it might take everything in me. Some days I might be challenged, uh, but I made a vow to God and to you. And I'm going to be a man of my word from this day forward. Wives, maybe you need to dust off those vows and, and remember that you made an oath to your husband and to God that no matter what, the days when he is prideful, uh, the days when he is stubborn and selfish, you will love and honor him because you didn't just make a promise to him, but you made a promise to God and you aren't going to let his pride hinder your devotion to God. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter five for a second. Do not be rash with your mouth. Let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. You know, husbands, let's reflect for a little bit. Don't worry, wives, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute. But husbands... 
let's really, let's ask ourselves in all humility, let, let's lay our pride down for a second. How many of us are living out our vows? You know, are we living like fools like this scripture says? Have we been a man of many words and little action? You know, have we made promise after promise to our wife only to leave her with disappointment after disappointment? You know, here's the thing. When you married your wife, you vowed to her and you vowed to God. And if you aren't following through, then we need to pause and and we need to evaluate and to to see that we need to surrender and let God, God change us. You know, trust me, husbands, we should always be doing this. And men, we should always be doing this. We should always be evaluating ourselves and seeing if we are being the men that we promised God and our spouses that we would be. Whether we are being the, the men of God that God has called us to be. Constantly allowing God to perfect us as his children and to become better men of God and to become better husbands. You know, wives, are you staying true to your vows you know, are you staying true to your word? Because trust me, some men might be too tough to show their emotions, but they feel the cuts of broken vows. You know, the same way it pains the heart of God to see his church not respect and honor him, it pains husbands to see their wives not respect them. You know, have you too been a woman of, of many words but not followed through? Have you spoken promises to your husband that you have not kept or upheld? Are you keeping the vows that you made to your husband and to God? You know, if there's any area where you have to question, I encourage you to seek God on it. Allow him to shed light on it and and really just allow him to teach you how to become a better wife and a better woman of God. You know, guys, our word must mean something. Our yes must mean yes and our no must mean no. You know, like the old saying goes, strip everything away and all a man has is his word. You know, we shouldn't have to have an I promise attached to the end of it. You know, we shouldn't have to make these big speeches uh, to convince someone that our word is true. It should just be. You know, maybe you've been on the end of a broken vow. Maybe you know the effects uh, that a broken vow has on the recipient all too well. Maybe you've experienced so many broken vows in your life that trust is non-existent. You know, I know that there are many people here that are hurting because someone made a vow to them and they took them at their word and they were let down. You know, I know that there are marriages that are here right now that, that are really on the rocks and hanging by a thread because one or both parties have not kept their word. But there is hope. Oh, there is hope because you see, Christ desires marriage to demonstrate his love for his church because when marriage is fulfilling its purpose, then there is a visible example that Christ loves his people in all seasons. You see, when husbands and wives are keeping their vows, they're demonstrating that our God is a God of his word. When marriages are faithful, they're demonstrating the fact that God is faithful to his bride. He will never leave her. He will never forsake her. That in all seasons, in sickness and in health, in good times and in bad times, for richer or for poorer, God is always there. He is always keeping his covenant vow to his church. He is always caring for her. He is always leading her. He is always cherishing her. 
that no matter how many times your trust has been broken by the world and by people, no matter how many times you've been let down, know that when God speaks something, he always delivers. You see, when he says yes, he means yes. And when he says no, he means no. And he wants to raise up a people that are so surrendered to him, that are so transformed by him, that there's no question about whether their yeses or nos are sincere. God wants to raise up husbands and wives that are soul sold out to him and surrendered to him that people will see the love of God through the way that husbands and wives love each other. And God will be glorified. You see, God's word is so faithful. God's word, listen to me, God's word is never in question. It's ours that needs some adjusting. You know, look at this last scripture from Isaiah. I love this scripture. It says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The scripture is proof that God's word is never empty. God's word is always faithful. So really, I, I, I have, to, have to ask, is your, is, is your vow full? You know, is your vow uh, really fulfilling what it is? You know, uh, he desires husbands and wives to keep their vows fully and completely. But, but the thing is, we can't do it on our own. You see, the marriage vow is between a man, a woman, and God. You know, God has to be at the center of the marriage. He has to be at the center of our thoughts. He has to be at the center of the words we speak and the actions we make. God has to be at the center of everything or else we will continue to come up to the same empty well. Wanting our lives to change, wanting our marriages to change and our voids to be filled. But we will be left dry. You see, the only one that can resurrect us is the one who conquered the grave. The only one who can transform marriages is the one that marriage is supposed to mirror. The only one who can fill the voids is the one who those voids are longing for. Jesus. You see, God is so ready and so willing to come into our life and guide us. He's so ready to come into your marriage and bring healing and restoration. But we have to allow him. We have to surrender. And once we do, he will lead us. He will lead us step by step. And understand that it's a process. One that the enemy is going to try to discourage, but remain in the Lord knowing that victory is always his. You know, all he wants is, is for your marriage is to be victorious. You know, all he wants is for your life to be a life that has lived victoriously. The enemy's gonna try to do everything he can to discourage you and to defeat you and to make you think that you have no hope. But God is our hope. God is the victory. And he promises the war has already been won. He has won it. So all we have to do is surrender to him. You know, he wants your marriage to have victory. He wants your marriage to glorify him. And it doesn't matter how broken it is right now. His word cannot lie. His word says that he makes all things new and that he is a God of restoration. He is a God of healing. 
And he works all things together for good to those that love him. So as I invite the band up, I want to open up the altar. And I really just, whatever God is speaking to you right now, just open your heart. Just open your heart right in these moments. You know, maybe God has uh, spoken to you this morning and, and maybe you, you want to be a man or a woman that is true to your word. You know, maybe God has spoken to you and has challenged you to be true to the promises and commitments that you make. You know, if that's you during this time, come down and pray for God to strengthen you so that, that your yes will be yes and your no will be no. You know, maybe you're a husband or a wife and God has really spoken to you this morning. You know, maybe you and your spouse or, or just you individually want to come forward and, and you want to renew your vows and surrender your marriage to God, allowing him to fully be at the center. You know, maybe your marriage uh, needs healing or restoration. You know, maybe you, you need the strength of God and you need the, the supernatural transformation of God for your marriage. You know, maybe you're going through the toughest season in your marriage right now and you just want to give it to God. You know, come forward because God says to, to cast our cares upon Him. He wants to lead you. He wants to perfect you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to, to be at the core of your marriage because he wants your marriage to glorify him. He wants your marriage to be the example of his love for his church. You know, so, so as we worship during this time, if God is moving you, if God is leading you, if you, you know in your heart, I, I need to recommit my vows, God. I need, to, I need to repent, God, because I haven't been the husband uh, that I promised to be. I haven't been the wife that I promised to be, God. And, and I know that I promised you and I promised my spouse, but you know what? I want to repent, God, and I want to reaffirm my vow to you and to, to my spouse, knowing that through you, through your leading and through your transformation, that I can be renewed, that I can be perfected, and that from this day forward, we can go and we can, me and my wife or, or me and my husband can go out and glorify you in this this world maybe that's you you know maybe you you want to be that that man or woman of your word because you know that that there are people in your life that that are holding true to every word that you say because they they know god is in you they can see god in you and they can feel god in you so you just want to make sure that you are a man uh, or woman of your word that your yeses are mean yes and that your noes mean no and, and that you are surrendered to god so that he is leading you so that he is shining through you. If that's you, come forward this morning. Whatever God is speaking to your heart, whatever brokenness you feel, know that we serve a God that offers hope, that offers restoration, that is so perfect and so beautiful that he can supernaturally bring the, the most broken marriage and raise it to life. For the cross is the most perfect example of what he wants to do in our lives, in every facet of our lives, if we just surrender to him and yield to him. So let's stand, guys. Let's worship God. And in this song, let's just exalt him. Let's just praise him. Let's praise him for everything that, that he has done here this morning, everything that he wants to continue to do through this time, everything that he is speaking to you about. For, for God just wants to be glorified. He just wants to come in. He just wants to perfect you. He just wants a surrendered heart. He wants a willing heart. So during this time, if God is speaking to you, do not walk out of this room without surrendering what he is asking you to surrender, without allowing him to transform what he wants to transform. 
make a renewal right here, right now in this moment. For God just wants to be glorified. He wants to perfect and he wants to transform. He's so perfect and he is so beautiful and he loves you so, so, so much. So just open up to him and allow him to just speak to you. Just come down here and just seek him. Just lay at his feet and give him everything. And let's praise him. Let's worship him. So if you come forward, I'll pray for you at the end. You know, I'll pray for us before we go. Let's just worship and I'll come back up and I'll pray us out. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.